Hi there. All right, come on. Get enough of that. We need more of this. What's up, everybody? It's been two days, and it's been too, too long. I, we already got people up in the comments waiting online. Steve, I see you, homie. Me and you, we are the crew. Welcome, everybody, to Call to the Pen at Call to the Pen HQ on YouTube. Am I going to ask for likes and subscribes and that stuff? No way, Jose, because I'm going to earn them first. We're about to put on a clinic. If you are unfamiliar to what we are doing here, welcome aboard and you get ready. Strap up and strap in. It's the fastest show in MLB absolutely anywhere. You take that bad boy to the bank with your host, John Legaza, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always. We're coming up the chair as always. Forget about it. Come on. You got to be kidding me, baby. Five hours to chop down the tree. I spent four hours sharpening the axe. That's right. Death taxes. Sun rising in the east, setting in the west. Bears making dookie in the woods and the big man up before the crack of dawn to bring you this show, man. You know I love it. We live it. What's up, Ken? What's up, Steve? I see you all in the comments. We got a lot of work to do and not too much time to do it. So listen, if you want to learn more about me, the stuff we'll be doing and banging the drum and blowing the harmonica and all that one man band stuff with probably some impactful theory. You can go back and check out the first two shows. I really do appreciate you all. The feedback, the interaction has been ridiculous. Hello. There's nothing like this in the NFL space. People often say, you know, I cover baseball the way, you know, people cover football. Well, we're making baseball fun again, people, right? That's what it's all about. We got 15 games every single day for the next six months. What is there to be bored about? Oh, baby, baby, baby. All right. Enough of that. Now, really, more of this. We have so many games to do. It's a full slate. Remember, my fantasy heads, they do start at, I think, 2 in the afternoon. So keep an eye on that. Make sure those lineups are set. That's it. Without any further ado, we're going to try and do just a little bit different, right, as we kind of go through this, this life together, spinning around in a carousel, flying around this rock in the middle of the universe, you know, at uh, umpteen miles per hour. I think on these days where we have a full slate, we're going to try and be really, really quick. I know Friday with the short slaters and we're bringing those really kind of granular things. We're going to be looking at more general stuff, right? Pitching breakdown, hitting breakdown, thoughts, and then how generally I like to apply it. You know, usually me, I'm an F5 better, especially early in the season. I like to eliminate the variables of bullpens. I mean, forget, we don't know who's going to pitch and we don't know how they're going to pitch. It's just too many variables for me. And then ghost runners and things of that nature. Thanks, but no thanks. All right. It's the let's go Mets go up first going to Beer Town, USA. That's Milwaukee. Carlos Cookie Carrasco up against Freddie Peralta. Carrasco, listen, he's good as always, right? I'm not even sure that we realize because he's always kind of banged up. 152 innings last year, four ERA, one, three, three, but not great. However, all the indicators pretty strong. 3-6 Sierra, what I like to look at. 17.2K minus walk, supported by the 13% swinging strike rate, all that stuff we love, and the above average chase rate. Carrasco, very good around the edges, 38% O swing, which is very, very good. He also keeps the ball down 46% of the time on the ground. And that really low ex-woba, right, because he's controlling the zone and the contact allowed has been really low, only one home run per nine. We know Cookie, when he's on the bump, is pretty good. Other side, speaking of, right, right per impact, you know, per inning impact, it's Freddie Peralta. He's the man. 358 ERA, 104 whip in 78 innings last year. He had a 569 OPS, a 2.7 expected ERA. There's some legit ace level stuff here 27% K to 8.5 walk. 12 and a half swinging strike, 30% CSW, kind of checking all those boxes because he has the 30% whiff rate. You know, you love that. He can beat you in the zone, maybe as much as, as well as anybody, I should say. Really not as good as inducing chases as you'd think with that slider. However, 81% in zone contact rate, you know, really 
again, winning in the zone, which is what you want with men on and stuff like that. He's not afraid to challenge it in 257 expected. Whoa, 497 OPS against lefties. That's Freddie Peralta. So let's take a look at the offenses really quick. I mean, we're at this really kind of strange part of the year where there's so little of 2023. We really don't want to weigh it. Now, we don't want to ignore it. We want to know what teams maybe are looking good and are just healthy. I'm not so much sure I believe in hot, but right, who's healthy? Who's got their timing down? Maybe who had a healthy spring and that stuff. So the Mets so far have been, I mean, they've been just okay, right? 110 WRC plus better than average, but offense not really looking great. The Mets really put the ball on the ground way too much. 50% ground ball rate for the Mets. However, they are not striking out. So that's going to be a big one. I think that's where the rubber is going to meet the road today. Mets have a 16% K rate. That might be best in the league with a 12.5% walk rate. So this one is going to be really, really tough. I generally try not to challenge ace on ace kind of strength on strength. You're going to see exactly why. I think there's some misprices early on because I think we have some pitching kind of disparity going on here. So if I just kind of blow by a game, sometimes it just means my lean is up against the wall with my money in my pocket, maybe where it belongs. So uh, that'll give you a taste of what we're going to do, right? We're going to do a pitching breakdown. We're going to look at the hitting. And then I really should be looking at my algo score. If you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, I don't want to show my own stuff. But if you're really into the D-gen stuff and doing all the games, all the modeling, implied team totals, I supply all that stuff for like 25 cents a day. But I don't do it for the money. I do it because I like to help people. So you can check it out. And it's free right now. Check it out. Twitter, whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to promote me. We need to be worrying more about you know call to the pen HQ and all the people subscribing to the YouTube channel. That's really the nicest thing that you could do right now. You know, is the rate and the review and the subscribe those comments that I really try and get to every single one. It just matters more than it should, right? People should be asking, hey, is he entertaining or hey, is it enlightening or is it somehow like a combination of both? People just care like how many cartoon fingers. So <clears throat> stick your cartoon finger right up inside me if you're picking up what I'm putting down. All right, that's enough Mets and Brewers. I think I'm going to leave it. Model's pretty neutral. And again, baseball affords us so many opportunities. You just don't need to push it, right? Peralta's on the bump. Maybe be looking at a K prop. You got to remember, first time out, what kind of workload? When you start to get the ifs and buts and candies and nuts, why worry about a wonderful Christmas? You could just kind of hang on, right? Sometimes no bet better than a bad bet. All right, next up, it's Los Gigantes. We are heading to Chicago. The wrong side of the tracks meet the pale hose. It's Anthony, Italian, panic at the disco, right? But panic at the Italian disco. Shake. Anthony Discofani going to meet Michael Kopech. This one, I want to make sure we have the F5 stuff up on the board for the you know, audio-only listeners, you can go back and check YouTube and see, like, how we're bringing it. Maybe you want to keep an eye on the video stuff because we are using BetStamp. And, man, it's not the show for anything. It's awesome, right? Imagine going into a store and seeing the, the soda you were looking for or the steak you were looking for. Except it's 37% cheaper in the, you know, uh, the container next to it or the drawer next to it. So it's BetStamp.app. Front slash call to the pen, all one word. It's just a menu. It's the best way to see. I understand that we don't always have the access to every book, let's say. But I would say this, and I think it's very important. Before you smash your button that you do have access to, you should check the general market. And that's what this is going to do. And if you see prices, let's say, different from yours. You could play that. Yours is going to move towards it and meaning jump now because it's going to get worse or perhaps wait because it's going to get better. So, again, I don't ever recommend stuff I don't use. I'm using BetStamp. It's really, really impactful, you know, because you, you want to know where the pricing is. Can I, if it's minus 115, can I get even money? All right, minus 115 to minus 115 and minus 112. They make a difference, but I'm not going to pull your hair right over it. 
But sometimes you could see up on the board differences of 25, 35 cents. That absolutely matters. I'm not going to hide it. So let's get back into the pitching matchup. Anthony Discofani, he had a really, really rough go. And that's why I'm just not I'm just not getting in here. Chicago is the favorite, but it's a little too slight for me. I'm going to be all over the White Sox, I'll tell you right now. Discofani really struggled last year. It was only a short set, but 6.63 ERA, two whip, OPS north of 1,000. Expected ERA over five and a half. Deserved ERA over seven and three quarters. Oh, my God. Hachi, Machi, Liberace. That'll land you on a midnight bus. Tuscaloosa, 18% K too low. The 4% walk is nice. However, the end zone contact rate is way too high. So Disco Fine is be pitching to the zone. That number's at 90%. Yes, the Babbitt last year was through the roof, but he's going to be pitching to a White Sox team that right now is healthy and does damage, right? So let's flip to the White Sox side of things and look at the offense, you know, doing the thing that they do. Top five in in-zone contact rate at 85%. The bow rate hasn't really been there, but with the 370 Woba, I think Disco is going to be in trouble against Chicago, probably top eight in batting average, 296 team average. Let's flip side, Michael Kopech. I mean, we have the clear pitching edge. I'm surprised this one is not more like a 170, 165. That's I have this one, and I would not be surprised if that's where this one closes. Make sure, if anything, listen, people, and this I mean from the bottom of my heart, more than making money, it's more important to me that you're not, like, depositing and losing. But, and I can't, gosh, I wish I could guarantee a profits in the short term. I really do. And I wish in this business hard work equated to guarantee profits, but that's not how it works. And unfortunately, right, it's not. And the, this is the kind of honesty you're going to get here. But, but, excuse me, one thing. That you bet your bottom dollar to donuts. Holy macaroni. We creating CLV here like a mofo. I'm telling you, the moving averages algo has like 3,000 hours worth of work I do it at this point. And we are CLV machine. So at least take me to task about this. Again, I don't know who's going to win. I don't throw the ball, bad calls and errors. We don't know what's going to happen. But what we can do is use our analysis to see if we're in front of the general market. So right now, I got minus 130 for the White Sox. This one's closing at minus 160. And again, I want to be taken to task on these things. CLV is one of the things that I think, you know, one of the ways I should say handicapper can kind of prove their metal. Descalfani, everything was just terrible. Almost two home runs per nine, 350 expected mobile, over 400 expected mobile on contact. Lefties and righties had OPS north of 1,000 against him last year. Again, he's just really been a fill-in guy. The Giants are not looking very good, and the bullpen is going to be rough in the middle. It's all Chicago for me. So Michael Kopech, 3-5 ERA. 119 whip last year, but I don't really think that tells a tale, right? 3-3 deserved ERA, 3-7 P-FIP. The metrics that I really like to look at more. He walked too many batters, but because he, he lived in the heart of the zone a bit too much, but I really think that Kopech has got the goods. I know he gets pegged as being a fly ball pitcher, but one of the things we got to be careful of is not adding in infield flies are always what I meant to I mean to speak about, right? Because people say, oh, fly balls like mean home runs. Well, if it's a double digit infield fly, and in Kopech's case, it's at 11%, which is extremely high. That means what? It means he throws the fastball up in the zone, hitters don't get to it, and they pop it up. You don't necessarily want to regress that he has an excellent fastball. So right now, Kopech is healthy, and I think we've got the edge on both sides. Giants offense. It's been a bit of a struggle if I'm not wrong. 194 team BA. They only have two home runs as a team in 110 played appearances. 568 team OPS. A 37% team strikeout rate. That was the number we wanted to look at with all that other crap all going on. Let's take a second for my people in the comments because without you, I'm just a fat guy screaming at a screen. Ken, what up? Wade, what up? Yamada, Travis, Damani. This is awesome, man. I really 
appreciate all you guys. Yes, Damani, just follow me on Twitter. It'll take you right to it. It's pinned. If you're into all the stuff, I do SP rankings, apply team totals. We are just absolutely, we are just bringing the house right now. We're straight up bringing the house. This is legit premium content that could be going for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year. It's going for a, a quarter a day. <laughs> And you don't even have to pay the quarter day. You can just get what we're getting here. And that's why I try and jam so much into it. I don't need your money. I'm doing it to help people, right? With the inception of betting, a lot of people are getting their arses handed to them. We really want to help these people. want to make sure that they're in front of it. So give me the White Sox. We're betting that one. Lock that one in. I think you can get it either way. Whatever has the better price, money line or F5, that's the one that I want. We're going to be betting to win 0.3 units. We kind of had a bit of a hiccup with the bet tracker, but whenever these things happen, that's a standard we want to be keeping right now. So our daily risk allotment is in place. So give me the White Sox, either money line or F5, however you want to get it, whichever has the better price. I think they have the edge just across the board. I think they're going to run away with this one. Next up, it is the Baby Bears from Chicago going to Cincinnati, where we absolutely love to hit the baseball. It's Drew, Guy Smiley up against Connor, the Overton window. Smiley last year, 106 innings, 3 4, 7 ERA, 119 whip. However, 717 OPS, FIP, expected ERA, Sierra, deserved ERA, all at four or north of that. He doesn't walk batters, which is good for Smiley, but I'm just not sure I'm really buying what he's selling. He's very good with first strike, so he gets up there and he pounds his own. However, when he falls behind, he does get cracked. 9% barrel, 5% blast, more than one and a third home runs per nine, that expected mobile on contact up near 400. So when he does get hit, he does get hit hard. I kind of, right, he's like more like the Wiley veteran. We generally might not be looking to go after him. However, we're hitting in great American small park, so we want all of that, you know, smoke. So this is really more of the DFS play. I do like to bet on the Reds while people don't like him, but Overton is a bit hard to back. The numbers are really wonky in a small set. I know the ERA and whip look really delicious, but when you see a 273 ERA, but a 544 Sierra and an 11% K rate 90 percent in zone contact rate right those are the things i want to be careful of i think we're going to leave this one on the cutting room floor the cubs offense has been a bit hit or miss the disciplinary basket looking pretty good right the swing strike rate at 11 the k rate down to 22 those are things we like to see but they just haven't gotten it done 213 team ba so that's probably where i would be looking but just leave this one alone these teams both kind of stink and unless you get on top of it I really wouldn't bother. Again, if there's like DFS or prop people, I do put out props also. Just I don't get to it yet. You could check out later on through the bookmark stuff. And we'll probably be looking for like, you know, gosh, any like left lefty masher on Cincinnati, right? That's probably where we're going to go. All right, next up. It's the Minnesota Twinkies going to Miami to meet those fish. It's twins. It's Marlins. We got Tyler Tyler Molly against Johnny Cueto. I can't believe he's still pitching, but you know what? That rock and roll thing is kind of working. I'm really throwing away Molly's thing, and I hope, you know, for all the analytical stuff that we do, I think last year's numbers really didn't tell the tale. He was batting injuries and stuff. 4-4 ERA, 1-2-2 whip, but a 6-93 OPS. I'm not buying the ERA. Expected ERA in Sierra, both at 3-8 or below. 25% K, we like that. 16.5 K minus walk, not bad. On the back of the 27% whiff, all the stuff we really like. Again, he can beat you in the zone whenever that in-zone contact rate is below. At 84 below, that's always where we really like to be, especially against a team like 
the Marlins, Tyler Molly with the 290 expected Woba Marlins offense. It really just, they just strike out way too much. 30% K rate so far this year. It's just, it's been really bad. 53% ground ball rate. These are the things that we want to go after. Again, Johnny Cueto gave you 160 innings or so last year. 335 ERA, I know, but I'm just not buying it. Again, all the all the same things. We're beating a dead horse. Four and a half Sierra, 16% K rate. He had a 23% CSW. That just doesn't translate to a 335 ERA. I'm not buying it. Again, 90% in zone contact. Give me the Twins. When the Twins are healthy, I actually like this Twins offense. They've been very good from a disciplinary standpoint. What are the better in the league? 10% swing strikes, 27.5% chase rate. That number is best in the bigs. They're also top three in line drive rate, hard hit rate, and a 10% barrel, 264 team BA for the Twins. Not too crazy about the bullpens here. I, I th- again, I think the Twins get it. I really, I should mislead you. Miami's just, it's not any good. Miami's not any good. So again, something you with me say that because it is a trick that I use on my own and it's really up to you. You could bet, like I like I say, F5 versus money line and take the better price. The reason the F5 might not be the better price is so you get your money back on, on the push. You know what, production? Let, then let's stick with the F5s. Let's, I was talking about protecting capital. So let me stay within my analysis, right? Consistency. Again, I can't promise what's going to happen, but that I would like to do. So I'm sorry, scratch the better price thing. But if that's what you want to do, do it. I'm not right and, and you're not wrong. We may just be doing things differently. You know, I'm trying to appeal to as many new players as possible and have people not get into trouble, right? So let producer, you heard it here. We got the best production crew in the world. You can follow us along. We're, we're tracking on BetStamp. We're going to be playing to win. 0.3 units, that's an underdog, uh, favorite, I'm sorry. And if it's an underdog, you bet the 0.3, right? And that's a good way to kind of keep your stuff in. And that 0.3, as long as we have, let's say, six bets, we're at 1.8 units, 1.8%, perfectly cromulent risk management. And that's why this this show really kind of sticks out because no one does that stuff. So well, give me Minnesota F5 for sure. The reason I say that, and I was talking about capital protection, is if you bet a favorite and you're tied after five, Take your money back, right? Because if you're not tied after five, you really you should have been, right? I mean, are any of us really betting with juice to be tied after five? I challenge you there. The answer should be no. So let's go with let's go with Minnesota, right? So we have two plays already. We're gonna have the White Sox F5, and we have Minnesota F5. I really like them both already. Okay, who is up next? Yeah, the fish are just terrible, man. Okay, we got the flat fish from Florida. Oh, we're staying in Florida, but they are on the way to the nation's capital. So it is Drew Rasmussen for Tampa Bay going to Washington to face T-Dub Trevor Williamson. I'm a big fan of Rasmussen. You're going to see us betting on him all year. I'm a big fan of Jeffrey Springs, one of my most owned fantasy players. He went out and did the darn thing. Drew Rasmussen, 284, ERA 104, whipped through 146. All of the expected, you know, earn run indicators really backing up. There's not a single one above three and a half deserved ERA at 285 on the back of a 612 OPS. The fastball sitting around 96, 5% walk rate, 12% swing strike, 37% O swing, right? So he has the control. He's not walking people because he forces chases getting the swing strikes. Keeps the ball on the ground 46% of the time. Less than a home run per nine and the sub 300 expected Wobo. We love Drew Rasmussen. It was a little juiced up today. So this one did end up on my cutting room floor, but you know, for the people into more robust tickets, I think if you check out that Twitter handle, you'll see that there's a F5 play listed for the Rays. I just don't want to put too many things on our plate right now, right? It's very important that we're not going nuts. Oh, player props of Vaughn up in the house. Jaybird, what is going on, man? It's been so, man, one of the better parts of this business has been getting to meet 
is some of the, just the real G's in the business. And my man Jay, for a familiar player, props about you know there his whole stuff. You got to follow him on Twitter. He is he's better at this than I am. <laughs> so like, I think right. You know what I think of myself. So okay. Let's pass on, pass the raise. Washington, just terrible. T-Dub is just a guy. The 3-2 ERA, I'm not buying. He's going to live inside the zone. That's the 90% contact rate. Ray's offense looking really good. I'm a big fan of Jose Siri right now. If you're playing fantasy and he's still out there, like I'm buying it. Ray's across the board, top five in doubles, runs, homers, average OBP, and 870 team OPS. They're walking 11% of the time. Top three, top five, I'm sorry, in swing strike rate. Hard hit rate, 387 team, Woba 143 WRC plus for the flat fish. They're probably going to mop the floor with Trevor Williams. I really like this iteration of the Rays team. So, again, this one's on the cutting room floor, but I'm like winking because if you check out the betting pack, and it's free, it's free right now, free for you and me because of the wonderful people at you know, the Hammer HQ. Hat tip to my boy Rob Pizzola. He is the GOAT, man, right? They say if you enjoy something this much, very hard to call it work. And, you know, again, I just like to thank him at least once a show for giving me the platform, you know, let the Italian Tasmanian devil out the cage and bring you all this kind of crazy <laughs> form of baseball analysis, man. I mean, no one really doing it. Quite like this. We got to get on a horse and giddy up. Next up, it's the fighting Phils from Philadelphia. Those Broad Street Bullies and Taiwan Walker going to the South Bronx. Meet the New York Yankees. Oh, my goodness. I love the pinch stripers. Give me all the Highlanders. But Taiwan Walker also very good whenever he's on the mound. 3-5, ERA, 119, whip, 6-6-2. OPS, right? So he's... Pretty sneaky. He's been pretty good. All the earn run indicators at three and a half. The disciplinary basket is a bit shady, and this is where I think the Yankees are going to have to get to him. He doesn't really get the Ks because he's living inside the zone, not really inducing a lot of chases. So it's going to be up to him. He's going to keep the ball down, and it's 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 going to be a matter of the Yankees if they're able to stay off the balls in the bottom third, right? If Walker gets you to go after the balls in the bottom third, there goes your ground balls, and then it's going to be up to Babbitt. Flip side, it's my man, Nestor Cortez, rocking and rolling, 244, ERA, 0.92, whip across 160 innings last year. He Listen, you know, I was not a fan because I didn't think the wonky delivery was sustainable, but he really showed us a lot. 2-7 expected ERA. Really, really good. 26.5K to 6.2 walk, right, leaving you with a better than 20% K minus walk. You always have to circle that above average chase rate, above average in-zone contact rate, so he can win in the zone, out the zone, and he's very good at suppressing contact, living around the edges. 5% barrel, less than a home run per nine. 2.57 expected Woba for Nasty Nestor. Obviously, the problem here is the Phillies offense. I'm not really looking to tempt them. I don't think they've been – they haven't been great, right? They just got swept up, but still 283 team batting average. They have 10 doubles. They just haven't gotten it done. They haven't translated into runs, right? They have 10 doubles but only 11 runs, one home run, 814 team OPS. The Phillies are going to be just fine. And I'm, as much as I like Nestor, I think we want to see him first and not really tempt fate with the Phillies, right? Kind of thanks, but no thanks. As I'm running my mouth, I'm just kind of checking the algo. Again, I print all my algorithm scores because I hate when people – just refer to like my model, my algorithm. Like that's the worst. I, you, I give you all the stuff. It's formatted. I give you all the decimals and stuff. You could copy, print it, and try and reverse engineer it. Good luck to you with that. I'll tell you what. I don't sleep and I don't spend much time chilling. I'm always working, homies. Okay, next up we got Pittsburgh. Oh, it's the Buckos. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. Going to Boston to face the Red Laundry. Those Red Sockums. Let's get it. Johan Aviedo, 56 innings last year, 3-2 ERA, 1-2-9 whip, 653 OPS, the 317 expected ERA, 333 PFIP. 
96 mile an hour fastball. And God, he is lighting up my location board. Again, I, one of the many, many things that I provide to the wonderful public is just my starting pitcher sheet, which again, even if you're like, I don't know if my bets are going to win, but I do know the tools are awesome. I also know I'm obsessive compulsive and my pitching sheet is really, really good. So you can get this stuff for free and follow along. So I like to use these smart location metrics. Just a, just looking really good, Oviedo. 40% heart, 25 and a half shadow, right? So his balance of in and out is really, really good. He hasn't induced the chases, but I do think the underlying metrics are there. 49% ground ball, 278 expected Wobo, 304 expected Wobo on contact. So he's doing a very good job suppressing contact, and that's why this one ended up on the cutter room floor because I happen to like Cutter Crawford with a K. I know 547 ERA, 142 whip. You're thinking, what the hell? Again, he, he was really misrepresented. I don't think he... He got the full shot at starting, and I like some of the stuff under the hood, but not enough to go after today, right? So I think we're going to have people just kind of juicing up the Red Sox. And, yeah, I think they get it done because I do tend to like Crawford. He's got a really good fastball and some really nasty fastball diagnostics, but I'm a little bit afraid of the control for him. It's, it's just been tough. He doesn't induce enough chases. He doesn't win in the zone, which has led to an elevated line drive rate. This is Carter Crawford, 9% barrel, one and a half home runs for nine, almost 400 expected Wobo on contact. If I believed in Oviedo, like maybe had we seen Oviedo once before, he's ringing up as a dog for me, but the Boston offense has been pretty good. So again, you can hear, if you end up like wishy-washy, don't tempt fate. Why? Boston offense has been awesome. They're number one in runs, average, OBP, 959 team OPS, 9% swing strike rate, 19% K rate, gosh, 40% fly ball, 419 Woba, 9% team barrel rate. This is the Red Sox. Don't tempt that. There's no need to. Like, there's just no need to. Granted, there was a time when I would probably be laying some chips on the F5 run line for the Bucks, But again, I think we found misprices in the slight juice with the White Sox and the Twins. But I think you could let this one go, right? You can see those prices up on the board. That's not juicy enough for me. That run line price should be better than the plus 120 money. So you could have that one. No, thanks. Remember, Pittsburgh is just really not that good. I know I love O'Neill Cruz as much as anyone. They have a team 282 OBP. I mean, that is just the worst thing you ever heard in your absolute life. So... Don't be afraid to fade the buckos. However, you know, the reason we do this type of analysis and lay it out is keep Oviedo circled. Like he's going to be a guy that we're going to like. This is just not the spot for us. We pick our spots, we hit them hard, and when it comes up, right, that's why we always have that kind of third eye on these ancillary pitchers on kind of these bad teams. Trust me, the public is not going to come around to the Pittsburgh Pirates anytime soon. This value will be there, especially against the Red Sox. I just, I often, again, we can do it really quick because we're catching a bit. I often like to look at teams and players in terms of sine waves, right? Things do not move in perpetuity, excuse me. Meaning, the most bullish stock chart in history, when you look at it from a five-year lens, looks like a straight line up. However, the more you zoom in, the more you'll see that there are ebbs and flows, inherent downtrends within the greater move, right? So there's a few lessons there. We can't do them all. But one of them is just expect that there's natural volatility, and to not lose sight of the greater trend. All right, so now we're learning stuff. If that didn't earn a like, please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Press your like button. Stick your cartoon finger way up inside the big dude because, man, it really matters. You know, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and then, you know, follow me on Twitter. We're just going to get you rocking and rolling, man, hitting the bowling, you know, doing the thing that we do, me and you, at Hammer 
HQ. All right, who's up next? Oh, I know we got a lot of Canadians in the room. So it's the Bluebirds from Toronto, north of the border. Joe Berry's, Jose Berrios, going to Kansas City to meet the Royals with Cheese and Brady, the wedding singer. Let's take a look at Berrios, one of the greater disappointments in the league last year. 5-2-3 ERA, 1-4-2 whip, 800 OPS allowed from a guy thought of as the number one starter. Expected ERA, deserved ERA, both north of five. 13.8K minus walk, yikes, 89% in zone contact rate, 13 and a half home run to fly ball, 10% barrel, 5% blast, 400 expected mobile on contact. As I take you across these baskets, yikes, just, just, just atrocious. Really, really, really bad. Now, I was not able to find out, figure out what, what it was. I mean, I was never a big Burrios guy, so I just kind of let that one go. I think this might have been the lower of the low. Marco, I see you. Yes, I think we're going to get a home run. You might have to follow the Twitter stuff. I don't know if we're going to get to that today. That's where the when it, after lineups start coming out because I like to add plate appearances into the calculus for player props. So the player props, the DFS stuff is more towards later in the day. You get the Twitter stuff and follow the betting handle. If, if something rings automatically, I will. Like I, It's so funny. I was on VEASAN yesterday talking smack about it. I, I like the Cubs F5. They didn't get it done. But I mentioned like Patrick. I was like, weird. My home run model was ringing for Patrick Wisdom. He had two ding-dongs yesterday. So the home run model is still pretty good. All right, let's get into Brady Singer, who I tend to like. 323 ERA, 114 whip last year. All the indicators looking strong. The disciplinary basket also pretty strong. He's very good at working the edges. 24K, 5 walk, 30% CSW, kind of checking all those boxes. Right, 18 and a half came in this walk. A shade on the 20, but still very good. He keeps the ball down 49% of the time, which, of course, you know we love, and it's going to be really important against the Blue Jays. Man, this is another one I'd love to be – I don't know, maybe my younger days I'd have this one. I'm looking at my algo score right now. So I actually have this one scored as a dead heat. They're quite literally within like a fraction of a point from each other. So on a day that I didn't have as robust a ticket, I think the Kansas City – I would – oh, see, now look, and there's a perfect reason why we use bet stamp people, right? Always doing the math always paying attention. Then you start to build in your mind like where these parameters kind of should be. Okay. We love the half run, of course. But the price has got to be there. And you still get your money back if it's tied, even as the underdog. So I got to admit, if I can get plus money with Kansas City on the F5, opposed to having to lay out an extra 50 cents, 45 cents to get the run, I think I'd probably leave that because Toronto is so you know, prolific offensively. Like the plan is pretty much to hold them to zero or one. If they get above zero or one, I know we're facing Berrios. We're hoping for two. And I, that F5 team total is probably pretty juicy because Berrios, I think, is probably going to give up two. But remember, Toronto offense, very good. And again, the things we like to think about when we're doing this stuff, Toronto offense this year, 300 team batting average, 381 team OBP, 19.8% K minus walk. As a team, they have an 11% walk rate. Why would you go after this top five in line drive rate? Top five in hard hit rate via stack cast, 95 miles an hour, 106 WRC plus. Not great because they haven't hit any home runs. But again, so early in the season, the Royals offense also has stink, stank, absolutely stunk so far. 133 team BA sub 500 OPS as a team, 38 WRC plus, 237 Woba. That's the Royals. Oh, my God, so bad. Now, again, it's just a couple of days. We can always jack up these numbers with some run production. But the weather is still cold. We want to see these things, what pitchers are adapting, who's having trouble with pitch clocks, and how the running is going to affect some pitchers, whose delivery times is too slow, right? Again, the season just started. 
And I know, I know, I know. There's people that have subscribed that are probably frustrated. I mean, we're not even losing, but they're probably frustrated that they're seeing, you know, people are betting uh, 25, 40 units and you green pet emojis. Everyone's got emojis. And it's just not my style. Right now, the first week and two weeks especially, that's why the betting stuff is free still, is because it's data collection time, right? We're, we're gauging the general market, looking for edge, but I'm still running the model, but being conservative because we don't know about all these kind of extenuating circumstances going on. So I tend to think the Royals have the edge through five, but I'm not looking to tempt that Toronto offense because the Royal offense has been so despicable. All right, next up, it's those chopping Braves from Atlanta going to St. Louis under that wonderful arch. It's Uncle Chuck, Charlie Morton, going to meet Jake Woodford, reserve. Charlie Morton, man, 434, ERA, 123, whip, 727, OPS. However, uh, we know Morton suffered with the knee, right? And he struggled kind of coming back, and he was amazing in the second half. So you really want to be careful with the season-long stats for Morton. The disciplinary stats probably tell the truest tale. They are just glowing red. Again, I have the pitching sheet for you. It's all available just for you. 28% K to 8.5 walk, leaving you with the 20% K minus walk. 12 swing and strike, 30 CSW, 29 width, right? So check, 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 check. All of the swing and miss, all of the strikeout stuff that we're looking for. The O swing, his chase rate is neutral, but he is good at winning in the zone. That number at like 85%. He struggled last year with contact suppression. Again, however, that was a split thing. So as much as we really need to be weary of using like barrel rate for pitchers, I used to when I was a little younger, and I think it does get into trouble. Granted, contact allowed, let's say contact quality, is generally or at least sometimes a function of poor control, but you can't grade a pitcher based on contact solely. So. I know it's been a couple games and we haven't laid down a bet yet, but this one I think I'm just not really too confident because, again, you got strength on strength. Now, granted, I do think we get the good version of Morton, but like I said, those home runs did not happen. The 389 expected mobile on contact did not happen. How's that for amount of negatives? Why, why does it matter? I mean, St. Louis offense is ridiculous, man. They're ridiculously good. You got to start getting money down on St. Louis futures. They are just really, really good. That offense is a monstrosity, yo. Even like the secondary players. Not like, oh, guy like Nolan Gorman. We didn't know if he's going to be. Oh, he's going to be multiple home runs a game. Guy like Brendan Donovan. Oh, like ancillary piece. Now he's leading off and any multiple home runs a game. So very hard to challenge the Cardinals. I'm not really looking to do it. 373 team batting average. Better than 1,000 OPS, 15 and a half K rate, 27 and a half line drive, 50% hard hit, 443 Woba, 202 WRC plus. Why do I mention all those numbers? Because those are all number one in the league. No need to tempt fate in this one. There was just no need to do that one. On the other side, you got Jake Woodford Reserve, who I think really outperformed, right? This is why we don't use ERA. 223 ERA, 112 whip. It was only 48 innings. I think the PFIP, the Sierra at four and a quarter are probably more what we look for, more of just a guy, 13% K rate, 8% swinging strike rate. All right, these are really not very strong. 23 CSW, 89 in zone contact. So he's going to be working inside the zone. He's just very good at keeping the ball down. 52% ground ball rate. This is for Woodford Reserve. 5% barrel, 0.2 home runs per nine. Atlanta offense, objectively, very, very good. The believe it or not, they've actually struggled with, with uh, launch angle. This season, they're one of the worst ground ball teams in the league. That number's at 55%. But the disciplinary basket is pretty pretty good. You know, they're top three in chase rate, top five in K rate, number one in barrel rate. This is the Atlanta Braves. So Woodford makes any mistakes. He's going to get barreled up. This one's a little too much strength on strength on strength on strength. So 
I think I'm going to leave this one as well. But if you look at the board, you know, it's probably priced pretty evenly. I don't know. I don't think there's – I think the juice is too heavy on the Braves. I don't think there's enough, you know, love for St. Louis. You're really putting a lot of faith into Woodford. If he gets touched up early, I'm not confident in the middle of the Cardinal pen. And again, if Morton comes out strong, he's a six, seven inning guy. There's really a very strong argument to be made for both sides to get away from it. So let's move it on up. It's the Orange Birds from Baltimore. Kyle Horse Bradish going to Texas and meet John, the White Wolf of Winterfell. John Gray, Kyle Bradish, just throw away last season's stats. It really doesn't matter. He went through. A whole bunch of changes, the motions call up, then a pitch mix change plus added velo. He really looks like one of the stronger sleepers this year. Again, the season stats just not really going to do anything for us. The White Wolf, I've always been a fan. 396 ERA, 113 whip last year. This is John Gray. All the earned run indicators at three and a half, which I think pretty much tell the tale. 18 came on his walk, 12% swing and strike, 30% CSW. Well, John Gray is particularly good at getting in front. He had a 64% first strike rate. Also, he beat you in, he beat you out. So I know when I saw Bradish, I was really excited to maybe bet on one of my favorite underdogs. I ended up pulling the reins on this one. Because of the Texas offense, they're just on fire right now. 343, team batting average 400, team OBP 966, OPS. Again, 87% in zone contact rate. So nothing's getting by them. 420, team Woba for Texas, right? And as much as we like Bradish and like to dream on these like fantasy sleepers and stuff, pump, right? Texas offense, who we thought was going to be really good taking a step forward, now we've kind of seen that happen. And so it's really a wish and a prayer for Bradish, opposed to kind of what we've seen more steady. Baltimore offense flip side has also been very good. If you were looking to get with John Gray, I mean, that worries me a touch. He doesn't, he just doesn't win. I don't know. I'm I'm afraid the Baltimore offense, the disciplinary is, is crap all up. So I think it's really going to be, like I mentioned, working the edges. And I think that's where the handicap is going to lie, which makes it really difficult. Because Baltimore's not a bad offense. We might not think of them as being a very good team. But the hitting is really good. I, I tend to really like the Baltimore hitting. And right, we've seen them come alive. And now maybe more than anything, Baltimore, you have to circle them for the steals. Right? Ten bases for two games against Baltimore. And then they, uh, Boston, sorry. Then I think it was none. But still, you really got to keep an eye on that. That's going to matter. When you are combining that type of OBP with that ability to run, <clears throat> that's where pitchers are really going to get are going to get in trouble. Granted, Greg checks a lot of those control boxes. He really does. But I just I really have that wanted to challenge the Baltimore offense in particular because I really like Bradish. So I, I, I feel like I'm going to regret this one because my, my gut had, you know, Bradish going first. But after I like ran the model and everything, I'll tell you right now, I have 235 Texas, 227 Baltimore. That's through five. So really just extremely, extremely close, too close to call. Although I did have this one circled. I don't know if they have these on bet stamp. So again, a little bit of the extra we bring you is um, I don't know if I could place show bets on things I'm not on bet stamp, but I like the Baltimore team total of two runs, right? So over one and a half, that number is listed near even. It's moved to like minus 120 now, even 130. I think I circled that at 130 is my max. So I know I had that one circled. If you follow me on Twitter, then you'll see that one posted there. 
Um, I had trouble getting around to Bradish if he could squash Texas, but I really do think Baltimore gets to gray for two. So I think I had that one as part of a round robin. All right, let's go up next. It's the Boyd boys, Detroit, Rock City, Nose Tigres heading to Houston. Matthew Boyd against Hunter Brown. This is another one really, really tough for me. Gosh, my like my preseason love affairs are playing against each other. And, you know, they just don't want to overreact. Matthew Boyd, he was great in the very, I mean, extremely small set last year. Not that you can use the numbers, but in spring training, he's looked awesome. And we know he's got a lot of swing and miss. We know he's also been susceptible to the home run, which has kind of got me in like, oh, man. Also, that Detroit offense is just in the absolute tank, 198. OBP, a 147 team batting average, everything near the bottom of the board. One team home run, 15% team swing strike, 30% team K rate. So as much as I would like Boyd, you know, he's got to go up against Houston. We know the Houston offense, they haven't started clicking yet, but I think you can almost see it starting to happen because they're walking, which is usually one of the first kind of like indicators, like a leading indicator of production, 12% walk rate leading to the elevated line drive rate and better contact metrics. So 349 OBP for Houston. If Boyd struggles with that control because of the hitters in the box, which like won't make you a bad person, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he kind of gets touched. So again, you got to just leave this one. I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't feel too boring. We are going to go back and recap. We'll get some plays and stuff. Make sure we had some bets. If you just tuned in, we're already live on the White Sox. We're already live on the Twins. I don't want you to think these guys here breaking down a million games, 5,000 stats. We haven't placed a single bet yet. But, I mean, such is life. I think that's part of it is, you know, being selective and making sure that the bets are good ones and not bad ones. So, Hunter Brown, one of the more highly touted prospects, pitching prospects. And we know Houston just does work. He had 20 innings last year and just really impressed. 0.89 ERA, 563 OPS. Again, not that you want to overreact to 20 innings, but Hunter Brown, you know, again, right, this is kind of appealing to authority, but he's a highly touted prospect. And he pitches for Houston, right? So they're like, they're these analytically biomechanical driven machines, always getting the most out of pitchers. And they let Justin Verlander walk. And they didn't bring in another ace. So that tells me that they were fully in love with the changes that they saw from Framber Valdez, one of my Cy Young picks, and what they see from Hunter Brown. So for me, it's it's wheels up for Hunter Brown. They absolutely love this guy. And, of course, the prices reflect that. If Detroit had even a pulse on offense right now, one of my favorite bets is when we like a pitcher. You can see if you saw it on the board, was getting plus money with the half run. Thank you so much. That's what those are the idea. That's like the ideal baseball bet, in my opinion. I think truly, if there were like if there were an ideal baseball bet, what's the best baseball bet? What's the most plus EV baseball bet there is? It's that. It's getting a half run through five in a race to 15, where you're getting you can see a plus 122. Gosh, is that tempting. Gosh, is that that is so tempting. The problem is the lefties on Houston are such pure hitters that they're not they're not split guys. So like Jordan versus lefty doesn't matter. Kyle Tucker versus lefty doesn't really matter. So I'm gonna not, I'm gonna look to not challenge Houston earlier on. I think it was the first show, right? I mentioned I kind of have a written plan. And I, I'll admit this is not written, not trying to challenge Houston. So it's like I'll never go up against them. I will. I do have it written that I don't go under with Houston. I don't go under with the Yankees. I don't go under on cores. Those are blanket rules. So it's hard for me to not have a rule like that without considering 
the strength of the offense behind it. So again, just scrap this one. Let's go in the next one. This one we actually have a bet. Okay, let's bet it, people. Let's get you know, go get your wallets out. <laughs> let's let's bet. Let's bet some American money. Next up, it's the Guardians from Cleetown going to Oakland to face the Elephants. Balancing on beach balls. In, it's Zach Plesak against James Caprillion. Plesak, pretty much the definition of just a guy. 4-3, ERA, one three two whip, 741 OPS. Expected ERA above five and a quarter. He's That's really the pitcher I think you're getting. 10% K minus walk, 24% CSW. Those are not any good. Not any good. He allows way too much hard contact because he lives in the middle of the zone too much. I tried to mention that heart rate when that number is up around 41, 42 it's not happening for him, and it's reflected in the low whiff rate at 22%. Zach Plesak allows a ton of hard contact again. That in itself is not a skill, but it is a function of his poor contact. 10% barrel, 5% blast, 400 expected wall on contact, right? All those, check, check, check. All those contact allowed. Flip side, James Caprillion, who was a once, you know, highly touted Yankee prospect. He's just been another one, just a guy, really looks the same. Five, earn run indicator across the board, 17K, 10% walk. Excuse me, once. Sorry about that. So, ten percent walk for Caprillion. So we don't like him either. The bet that I did like when I was running the model, because again, these <laughs> it's so funny. These teams are teams are just so terrible. Including, I know people really like the Cleveland offense, and they might be a testament to how speed kind of impacts our narratives, right? Our perception, I should say. Because people like think of Cleveland like, oh, like they're like they're good, they're like doing stuff. They're not striking out, which is good. They are making contact, which is good. But 223 team BA, terrible. 36% team chase rate, terrible. Bottom five in hard hit rate, bottom five in barrel rate, 2.7, bottom eight in Woba, 287, 72 WRC plus. The Cleveland office is really is not any good. I wish Caprillion was a little bit better. I might have bet on him. The bet that I was alluding to that we do like is gosh, this one. I'm gonna have to talk to production and see if we are allowed to register bets that are not, you know, as readily available. I don't want to send people into the weeds, but F5 team totals. Or a legit thing, I made my bones kind of bit these things. And that's what I have. I really like Oakland to score two against Plesak. Oakland was, is even money to score two runs against Plesak. So, I mean, just quickly, we should be able to do that math, right? If he's a five, expected five ERA guy, right? So he's giving up a run every two innings. I mean, right there it is right there. Again, Oakland offense. Not really good. The disciplinary basket has not been bad. They have not produced. Yeah, yes, I understand. They have. Oakland has not produced. But you can't just rely it too much. I'm more into underpinning stuff. Oakland, top five in chase rate. That number is at 27%. Top five in fly ball rate. That number is at 40%. The contact, again, has not been there. But they're not swinging and missing. They have a 10% team walk rate. And again, like I said, they're not chasing. So Plesak is going to have to come in. They've been pretty disciplined. I think Oakland actually gets on the board today, right? Woo! Woo! 162 games. You heard it here first. Oakland scores runs in an American baseball game. So I think Oakland goes over the one and a half team total. Again, I don't know if we're allowed to tack those things. I have to have a production meeting. Next up, let's see if we can blow through these and stay inside the hour mark before people get absolutely bored of me. This one, I think we have a bet on also. Yes, we do. All right, let's get the F5 stuff up. For everyone here who's tired of hearing about games that we're not interested in betting, it's Ryan Nelson for the Snakes with shapes on their back. Those Arizona Diamondbacks heading to the perfect weather near that beautiful aquarium. It's Ryan Nelson and Ryan Weathers, the small cup of coffee for Nelson. He was fantastic last year, 512 OPS. 
0.82 whip again. Really, really small cups of coffee. But I did like what I saw as far as control goes. He's very good working around the edges as well. Didn't allow a home run in those 18 innings, you know, something that we are always looking for. Lots of fly balls, but lots of pop-ups as well. So, again, I do like what we see from Nelson. He had a very strong spring. He's also had some very strong minor league numbers. Flip side, it's Ryan Weathers, who I don't think is any good. The last time we saw him last year, five and a half ERA, all the earn run indicators validated. Single digit K minus walk, 7% swing strike, 24% O swing. These numbers are really near the bottom of the barrel. Nearly two home runs per nine. That's the one that we wanted to look at. So, I think Arizona gets this one done. I know the Padre offense is a bit scary. I, I get it, but I, I think we have the edge here. Uh, Arizona offense, another one yet to wake up. But some underlying statistics that you kind of like. Uh, top eight in zone contact rate, top seven, let's say, in line drive rate. Those numbers are pretty good. So they are getting to stick on the ball and have hit it with good elevation. They haven't really barreled it up yet. 40, 41 team WRC plus. What are we talking about? Like three games. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's just we're, – we're, here we are. Like, we're building a boat in the middle of the ocean, right, where we're trying to use information that we have – but not overreact to it, but you have no choice but to use it. So, again, you know, remember that there's a lot of ebb and flow, a lot of push and pull, and also why a lot of these games were not betting, okay? So it's not like I'm flippy, floppy, wishy-washy, or whatever the word is. I, I don't feel convicted because we need more data. The season just started. I'm going to be talking this fast in August and September. You know, there's no need to rush, right? There's no need to hurry. No need to worry, no need to hurry. So, Again, when we have the data and more of the savant stuff on the pitching diagnostics, that's when you'll see me jump. But let's take Arizona. Let's get those FI prices up. I started rambling, and I forgot to actually quote the price. So let's see. We're going to have us do his little math on air. We go with one, or Okay, we got one. We can get 125 with the run. That's the juice that we're okay paying. So let's take that. We're going to take Arizona. We're actually going to pay the juice to win 30, right? So it's 37 and a half. Got to love that bet stamp app doing all the lovely math it, right in front of you again. You know, sometimes this is caveman stuff. Sometimes we use things that are easy and look good, right? And and that's what you get with bet stamp. Really easy to use. Really kind of intuitive and all the information right in front of you at once, color-coded symbols. I know it sounds stupid, but it matters, right? So let's get that one on the board. That's our third place. So at least I'm pretty comfortable. We're going to roll. We're rolling at least a unit today, right? So, and again, as much as I talk about being conservative, we still have to bet if we're going to make money. So 1% is, is fine. You know, it's on the lower end of daily risk allotment, which again, I'm fine with. So we do have three bets. Let's, let's put those F5 total ones. Let's put that in the degenerate bucket for the pure degens. Those are for the subscribers and stuff. And if you're curious, I'm going to talk about follow me on Twitter and you know, there's a, there is a, wonderland of gambling degeneracy for you. All the baseball information you could possibly want. It's just sickening, really. So let's tackle on Arizona. We got two more games to go. Let's close it out strong. As always, oh, we're going to add this one also. I know I have it. So let's get the F5 stuff up. It's Reed Detmers and the Angels going to Seattle and George Kirby. Reed Detmers, one of my absolute dudes. Can we get the 125? Yes, we can. Let's get that 125 again. So let's repeat the same bet. Taking the Angels with the run. At 125, so you can see where I am. Once we get it to 25, that's the number I like. If not, that's when you start to look at, like, the plus 120. Because if you do our upper run, right, we're doing analysis that we like the game, then you want those odds. You want that plus because that's a way to keep your win percentage down or your needed win percentage down. Hopefully, we'll keep our win percentage up. But trust me, plus odds is the best way to stay you know, using the black marker instead of the red marker. But let's not discount the value, the importance of a of a run in five innings. Like, you remember, you start this bet ahead. 
in a race to 15, in a race to 15 out. So Reed Detmers, love it. Last year we saw a bit of the breakout. The season-long statistics, again, don't really tell the tale of the changes we saw afterwards, revamping the fastball, adding velocity, revamping the slider, and changing the shape. And then he just completely, like, took off. So Reed Detmers, really phenomenal. One of the one of my favorite young pitchers. And it's not to sell Kirby short. Where I think this one is going to be differentiated is on the offense. So let's do Kirby really quick. Again, I think Kirby's really good. I think people will put the court in front of the horse for Kirby in DFS and fantasy because I don't think that the strikeout stuff is there. So, for example, George Kirby, people see 24.5% K rate. For me, he just wildly outperformed his strikeout metrics. Wildly outperformed. 10% swing strike. 26 CSW, 23% foul. I mean, I just can't get behind this. I, I just can't do it. I mean, the, the chase rate is not there at 33. The end zone contact rate is not there at 85 to support a 10% swing strike to turn it into 24.5K. So I, I think that number is going to come down. I think the contact number is going to be going up. And though he's very good at suppressing contact, because he allows so much of it, this is George Kirby, right? Again, we saw this. three uh, 8.5% barrel, not great. But it was only one home run per nine, 284 expected wall, but those are all very good. Those are all very good. Again, we're going to start ahead the run. We also have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I think we have the distinct edge on offense. As much as I love Julio Rodriguez, like seriously, if I was like, oh, God, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge J-Rod fan. I just think we have Trout and we have Otani, and I think the Angels are going to get it done. So let's see if we can quantify this a little bit. Angels offense. One of the better strikeout teams in the league, 17.5% team strikeout, 10% swing strike, combined with 88 zone contact. So the Angels, one of the best disciplinary baskets in the league, then top three hard hit rate, 95 miles an hour. They they haven't barreled the ball yet. Like quite literally, they almost haven't barreled the ball as a team. They have a 1% barrel rate, 47% hard hit, 88 zone contact. You're going to get there. And a 10% walk rate. So LA really, really checking all the boxes that 740 team OPS I think is going to start to rocket when the home runs come. So other side, Seattle, yes, again, we love J-Rod, but that's really been it. 197 team average, 254 team OBP, 572 team OPS because they don't walk, 5.5% walk rate. They chase entirely too much, 35.5% O swing. They're not hitting the ball hard, and that's led to the 59 WRC plus as a team for the Mariners. So let's bring it one up again. Did we get the 125? We did, right? I'm rambling out loud a bit. So, yeah, let's tack the one on. That's our fourth play is the Angels at minus 125. So forgive the juice, but we are getting the half run. So, again, that's one of the times that you will catch me paying juice is in the F5 game because if we tie, we get our money back. And in underdogs, every time we win, it's just like, oh, my gosh. That's just to me. I can't believe it, right? So if you think you have the pitching and the offensive edge, so even if we think Detmers equals Kirby, I think Detmers might be a smidge better. But, okay, because I think the strikeout's up, but that's okay. I think the L.A. offensive is a, is a tick, full tick better than Seattle. Like, once you get around J-Rod, it's really a lot of swing and miss stuff, right? Kelvick's been disappointing. Suarez strikes out too much. They're good, but they're not great. People like the Mariners more than they are good, I think. So I think we have the edge there. Let's tack the one on. And the very last game, we're going to get this one right in the hour. How about this one? This one's also on the private betting ticket, but I can't give it all away because some people do pay 25 cents. Some people pay 25 cents a day for this stuff. So I want to make them feel bad. It's a Colorado Rockies going to LA, Hollywood, always up to no good. It's Ryan Feltner and the Rocks up against Michael Grove and the L.A. Trolley Dodgers. Oh, man, Feltner is not 
any good. 583 ERA, 1-4 whip, nearly 800 OPS last year. Most of the earned run indicators above four and three quarters because of the 11.4 K minus walk, 8% swinging strike, 52% first strike rate, 89 in zone contact. So there's a little bit of how I know it's like number, 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 and in the 27% chase rate. So what does it mean? You're using the numbers to paint the picture, right? He doesn't get a lot of whiffs, 20.7, because he's so he has to go into the heart of the plate. That number's at 42, like I mentioned, because he doesn't create or induce whiffs. That number's at 27, which leads to too many balls in the zone, the high in-zone contact rate, that number's at 89, and he allows tons of really good contact because he doesn't have the whiff stuff, the in-zone wins. So that's where you get 43 hard hit, 8% barrel, 5% blast, nearly 400 expected mobile on contact. LA Dodgers should feast on Feltner. Michael Grove, people really like him. I know the Dodgers do have their magic working, but he was just okay in those 30 innings, 516, 5th, 4.5 Sierra. Just good, but not great. This stuff looks like just a guy. I know people like him more than I do. Lots of hard-hit balls. The thing we want to be looking at is the Colorado offense, which everyone thought would be terrible. Are like They're like the prototypical power hitter right now, meaning 15% swing strike, 39-0 swing, but 8% barrel, 750 OPS carrying that, you know, six home runs and eight doubles for the Rockies. So they're, they're sacrificing for power right now. So this, like, remember, year to year, you got to be careful. It's just like, Rockies are terrible, throw them away. People even have that Rocky Road narrative. Maybe the players weren't any good. So, yes, these Rockies are on the road, but they haven't moved from the altitude. So people are kind of considering them home. Again, see how narratives can kind of spin you around and get you into trouble. Where I think this one goes for sure is the over, but I don't like to pay the juice on the over. But if you're into that stuff, I think we go way over. I think my model was over it as well. On the F5, that one was listed at four. That one's listed at four and a half. Yeah, I'm over five on the score. And again, if you get better at reading the model, you can see how the the range of outcomes has us over five. So I don't think either one of these teams, right? Both of these teams are are hitting. Though the Colorado discipline is bad. They are hitting the ball. The LA Dodgers, just awesome, of course. 15% team walk, 25 line drive, 11 barrel. Those are all first. Seven home runs, I think, is first. They're going to crush Feltner. So the Dodgers may get their five on their own. If not, I think the market... The market is suppressing this number because they like Grove more than we do. They also don't like the Rockies' offense as much as my model does. So, again, I don't like to pay minus 120 for over-unders because I don't think they should ever be. They should all be at minus 110. If you find that 04 and a half at minus 110, it was not on bet stamp, so it makes me think it's not available. You leave it, but I think we hit it. If you are into robust playing, then go get it. Some people like as many plays as possible. Then they just dial down their risk. The idea being you take as many plays as you believe in and hope that, you know, the probabilities play out. This is probably something I have to learn myself. I think sometimes I can tend to be too cute and try and just pick only the very, very, very bad place. But the fact is nobody knows. And when you think like, because you're adding indicators, but the bell rate and this and that makes this better than another one. That's not how it works. Okay. And I know I'm going to get into trouble with some professionals out there, but whatever, that's just not how it works. So that will do it. Everybody 15 games, 115 off the crack of the bat. There ain't nothing like this. Thanks so much for picking up. We'll wrap it up down. I don't know if I could have done anything else to earn the rate, the review, the subscribe, the like, the comment, the share, the this, the that, and all that nonsense. Let's take a look at the ticket. That is an old ticket. Oh, that was the history. So today we are looking at, we have Twinkies F5. We have the White Sox F5. We have the Royals F5 run line getting the half. We have, oh, there was another underdog. Oh, my memory, the memory, the old man memory. Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks. So, yes, Angels, right? No, Diamondbacks. 
Oh my gosh, I just spun off the guard, the gosh darn rails. I got to write these things down. So I know we had four. What I say, socks and twins, diamondbacks, and I'm just more likely to like poo myself than get back on track with this one. I think I have to let it go at Arizona. So I don't know, man. I lost it. My producer will yell at me afterwards. Sorry. So I think that will do it. Again, thanks so much for picking up what we're putting down. Now, let me just check out these comments really fast in the last, like, six second. Marco, love you, man. The home run props will be on the on the, uh, the betting page. White Sox TT over four and a half from Ben. Sox and Discofani, probably, man, uh, five. Yeah, probably because I think the bullpen is, tr- is trash. So I think you get that. They already burned up the vol in them against the Yankees. So, yeah, I do like that. I do like that, that team total. Um, Nick has Berrios inconsistent release angle. Yeah, it's been really bad. He's just been all over the place. If you can't rely on the fastball when you throw it that much, you're going to end up in trouble. Uh, Kevin would like to know if there's a prop for Baltimore blowing a six run lead. No, but maybe there should be. Although, to that point, I know that's tongue in cheek. There are all prop lines that get pretty nutty. And when you think you found an underdog, I'll tell you, no one bets those, right? The minus one and a half in the other direction, no one ever bets those. We get plus 300 on those sometimes. And then Pete, wrap it up. Pete Martin says, smash the like button, and I have to agree. Wiser words have never been spoken. Thank you so much. So please get with us at Call to the Pen HQ. You know, subscribe, hit the notification button. If you comment, we'll let you know. If you could somehow stomach any more analysis or gambling-related content, follow me on Twitter. It's right down there at John Legaza, the pin tweet will take you to. It's free right now. Just go check it out. All the tools, the cheat sheets, models, employee team totals, algorithm scores, like everything that you could possibly stomach, and a bag of chips. All right, we're at the hour mark. Let's get out of here. So from Big Johnny Stud, from Rob the Pizza Man, and our lovely Mr. Coop on the ones and twos behind the scenes. Listen, this really means a lot to us. This new launch and the way that you people have received us, me, it really does mean a lot to us. So don't feel like you're shouting into the void. I hear you. If I don't get back to you, it's just something so, so, so busy trying to bring your very best content every single day. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. Everybody, enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo. Peace.